CS greetings to you guys, you CS goers. This is Midround Call, IMAX Streams with me, Hayes, and I got Prophecy, and we're here to talk about Counter Strike. This is episode two, and we're gonna get into some exciting things about DreamHack. Who would have thought DreamHack's exciting? It is. We're gonna talk yeah. about DreamHack Anaheim. Uh, how you doing, Hayes? I'm doing fantastic. It has been a great day of CS so far. I mean, what a way to start the week. I am Katowice, best of threes all around. I have been indulging. Oh, yeah. procrastinating and making the most of it who needs to work or study right <laughs> hey, I, I am working and studying by watching yeah. these games mike what do you mean i, I see i see <laughs> uh prof how are you doing mate pretty good i mean got a lot of cs to watch at the moment so uh, i think we're all quite happy about that yeah absolutely there's there's kind of a smorgasbord shall we say um that's definitely not a not a polish word but you know i don't yeah. know polish words for um varieties of food so <laughs> can't really talk except for dumplings didn't, i like dumplings didn't do your research did you mike no no not at all um, nothing new there then <laughs> oh <laughs> the burn the absolute burn um yeah well, I think we should uh, should just head over to DreamHack straight away. And um, Prof, also just uh, on your mic, maybe just give us a little bit more volume or closer or something, if you don't mind, Better. my good man. Jeez, now you're, you're literally in my brain. <laughs> well, my problem, it's yours. Uh, yeah, well, this is true. Get me out of your head. <laughs> rent-free, rent-free. Oh, jeez, okay. Well, I mean, I wasn't going with rent-free. I was going more along the lines of that really terrible Kylie Minogue song. Yes, oh, no. that, that, that's exactly what I thought of as well. But I mean, you, you and I are a little older, so <laughs> we Jeez. kind of, you know, I mean, it's just memories, teenage oh, I mean, memories of every, uh, everybody, I think rem- Yeah, I mean, I think everybody remembers that um, music video primarily because of the getup that she was wearing. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm just going to have to pause this podcast at the moment and uh, go and Google that quickly, but. <laughs> don't worry we won't do that we'll head straight into DreamHack Anaheim and well I think the 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 elephant in the room that really isn't is uh, Gen G they, they stomped everyone didn't drop yeah. a map 100% perfect offline record what a start for this roster yeah fantastic start and I um, mean looked good while doing it um, had to grind out a couple of games didn't I mean as you guys said didn't lose a single um, map while or didn't lose a single map while doing it, and most people I don't think expected some to do as well as it did. But all over, uh, can't really complain too much about the result. That's exactly what I was most impressed by as well was their ability to actually grind out games. They played 175 rounds across six maps, <laughs> and that 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 averages uh, 29 rounds per map. So that is yeah. just. That's a silly amount all of, of the rounds. rounds. All of the rounds, every single time. And actually, to be able to come out on top shows a fantastic temperament. And what else would we expect from a team that's being led by Daps? Just like you said, that firepower from Som as well. Ben Tent, Unchained. It was uh, it was actually a masterpiece. And it was so good to see. Especially considering that this roster has only been actively playing together for about a month now. For them to already be putting up results like this is great. And I actually think that Flashpoint stocks have gone up quite a lot yeah. after that event. Yeah, definitely is looking a lot better for Flashpoint if we can get JNG. Uh, but I mean, if you're talking about, or like or we were saying it last week as well, like a lot of these teams that were hanging from about, you know, 7th seventh, uh, seventh to about 15th, the JNGs, the uh, complexities, they've all looked... Mad Lions, yeah. Yeah, Mad Lions, they've all looked very, very good uh, in the last few months. And um, I mean a lot of them are setting themselves up pretty well if they can keep this run going. That is a really good point, though, about 
uh, their, their stocks for Flashpoint going up. Because if you think about it, all these teams that you're mentioning, aside from complexity, actually are in Flashpoint. So, I mean, Mad Lions are there. Yeah. We're talking about them as a legit uh, potential top 10 contender, Gen.G. It actually does make it look more compelling because, honestly, if you don't know these teams and you're going based on last year, you'd look at Flashpoint and go, well, uh, I don't know, MIBR. Like, all those teams are just junk. Yes, this is is true. That's objectively (laughs) the case, let's be honest. But at least there's some spice now because there are a couple teams that are sort of knocking on the door of of the top teams and they're in there. So it does make it a a little bit... um, more compelling i mean that's still a ways away i mean we're talking what a month until until that starts but it's it's definitely something that that we're seeing a lot of about on twitter a lot, a lot of yeah. uh, back and forth thorin um spitting fire as usual um uncompromising and sticking to his principles regardless um and of course people not really um seemingly lo- loving it as much as they did maybe a month ago probably because the, the the team announcement was just uh, from esl kind of put the the kibosh on that so to speak so yeah public sentiment's a bit tricky on this one but let's yeah. get let's get back to genji actually sorry yeah um, so there was something i actually wanted to say about them and it's all of the teams that they beat at the event are actually teams that are going to be a part of the next esl pro league season so that's also a little bit of spice as well if you think about it ends yeah. north complexity and furia are all teams that are going to be a part of that EPL season. So I think that's another little one-up for for Flashpoint and Genji in particular. But they just looked so well-rounded as a unit, which is exactly what we would have expected, like I said earlier, from a team led by Daps. That is the epitome of the teams that he builds up. And if you think about what sort of potential this team has from here, they can go anywhere. I mean, they, they play six maps already. Just Overpass is the one map which they're staying away from. And that's totally understandable because Overpass is a map that requires extreme teamwork to be successful on. So I totally understand. They've only been together for a month. That's probably the, the most logical map to leave out of the pool if you want to play six. So, yeah, I think it's great from Genji's perspective. And I think that they actually have quite a heels, quite a high skill ceiling after yeah. what we saw this weekend. Did you think um, there's sort of echoes of of Carrigan to Mouse in in this whole thing? I mean, a diverse group of players from uh, from different parts of the world and somehow making it. And I know they're not really that diverse. I mean, Canada, America. Yeah. Uh, where, where's Bentet from again? Indonesia. Is Indonesia. It? Yeah. No, Poland. Poland actually. Poland. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a common joke on Reddit because yeah. oh boys, his flag is the upside down Polish flag. So let's just say. <laughs> So is that like satanic Poland or? No, it's just Indonesia. Oh God. Don't hurt me, Reddit, please. That was just a joke. Indonesia is nice. It really is. <laughs> I haven't been there, but I'm told it's really nice. I had a friend who actually lived there. So, yeah. Yeah, you have to say that. Yeah, I did actually legit have a friend who lived there. But, um, I think be- for, for, from a Bentet point of view, um, my boy Blair, tears in his eyes, you know, just streaming down his face, tears of joy. Yeah. Bentet's actually in a team that's worth a damn for a change, eh? Yep. Finally winning something. I'm just going to say the exact same thing. Like, finally he's winning things. <laughs> and he's still, I mean, he can play in uh, an international mix now. So he's yeah. clearly, I think, bumped his stock up big time. Can you even imagine how he must be feeling right now after making that move and already be reaping results like this? I mean, from Pretty a guy true. who just suffered through so much, <laughs> so many difficult times in Tai Lu, just so many people looking to him, having so much on his shoulders. 
to be able to shift to a team now where he's playing uh, he's playing in partnership with a 17-year-old sitting next to him. He's got no responsibility on his shoulders from a leading perspective. And he's actually just got so, so much potential and so much ahead of him right now. I think um, we could be seeing something big from Ben Tetz heading into 2020, especially, like I said, considering that leadership responsibility has now been relinquished. And yeah, I mean... Interested mm -hmm. to see where he goes. Like I said, that partnership with Som is looking good. They've got a really good line of communication between the two of them. They're working really well. Yeah. I mean, I think most of us expected Bentet to, uh, well, Bentet and, and Automatic to be the, the primary heavy hitters. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Automatic, Automatic just seemed like he was very, very competent, but wasn't like dominant. And I mean, I suppose he's back on the AWP now. Uh, he, he was, he did swap off the AWP for a while and back onto the rifle and now he's back onto the AWP. So yeah. I really do hope they can, like, that they can just keep him in that one spot because he, he does play a, a more of like a, a device, hold the angle, uh, more tactical uh, type of warping. And I mean, it fits. They they did have Kuster, who's used to be an AWPer, but I mean, <laughs> he's, like, that's the one guy on that team I don't understand. Like, I, I don't really yeah, I feel... understand what Kuster's there for. I feel like this is his sort of last big hurrah. You know, if this doesn't work out for him, then he might start to be overlooked when these sort of projects come up in the future. Um, but at the moment, I think he still definitely has a chance to prove himself and show that he is worthy of being in this team. I think he had a good event. He did what was required of him in the team. Um, yeah. Um, do you, do you sure. think with uh, with Kuster though, like, I mean, I don't know if you guys caught, I think it was the DDK show, his, his um, Spotify podcast, where he um, interviewed Steele and Steele actually said, that Kusta was like one of the worst players that he that he played with. Oh, really? Which is I actually, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't catch that. Um, and I, maybe I'm misremembering it because I've like listened to pretty much all of the Counter Strike podcasts, so um, they do blur together a little bit. But it wasn't because of like skill or anything. He was saying like he didn't take direction well and didn't listen that sort of thing. But I mean, he's it's... been famously lacking in direction as a player even when he first came up as, as part of um, Ryu's team. I mean, it was famous that Ryu basically had to, um, uh, what do you call it, like micromanage him around the map. So it's it just seems as though he hasn't evolved as a player when that's really what you, you want from a youngster. Yeah, and he's not a youngster anymore either. I mean, if you consider you, you going back to like 2016 when he was in, in Liquid and he was the next great hope. I mean, that that was the, the mountain that, amongst many mountains that Moses has died upon <laughs> and yeah. been wrong about, that Kuster was going to be this amazing player. So it just didn't happen. I mean, it was a failure in Liquid. He just didn't do anything beyond that. So, yeah, I, I'd agree with you on being a last chance for him, Matt. Um, I would hope to see him step up. But then the question is also you got Automatic is orping. Bentet can be a primary orper if he wanted to at times. Um, then Kuster, who was an orper, now is a rifler. I don't know. Like we're, so they're seeming to make the roles fit, but I do think they could probably be better with somebody else. But again, if Daps, yeah. if there's anyone who can get something out of a player, it's Daps. I mean, Daps yeah. has shown a proven ability to build teams, and he has yet another um, a feather in the cap, saying, "Look, th this guy's ability to just uh, piece the roster together and make it function." from seemingly disparate elements it's 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 hella impressive something prof and i were talking about earlier actually um was that we were, we were talking about how uh, how gng's run here at dreamhack anaheim maybe compares to to complexity's run at blast premier and my my contention on that one is uh gng look way more legit than complexity and 
part of that I'd say is just down to the fact that it's Daps and he's he's battle hardened and proven at doing this. So you'd you'd look at it and go, well, he's already got the the, the credibility behind his ability to make rosters work. So I would say his credentials as an in game leader and a roster builder are definitely better than, than Blame F's. Blame F is relatively unproven actually. So Yeah. Um yeah. I do think this Gen G team is going to continue in this vein, whereas I think what we've seen with, with, with complexity is like they've got insane firepower. They've got insane an insane upside. Their skill ceiling is ridiculous, but um, they fell online. They they failed pretty badly in the semifinal here as well. So i I, I got to give it to Gen G between these two teams that in the past couple of weeks have blown people's minds. I think Gen G are going to keep doing it. I mean, from what I've looked at Genji, I think it's more sustainable than what I saw from 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 complexity. Um, complexity, it just, like, yeah, it just looked like they had more of a plan. Whereas a lot of complexity stuff was like they just bullied players, and I mean, obviously we mentioned last week that they were just getting hyper aggressive smokes and all the rest, and that's that's not going to be um, something that you can maintain. And if you're having an off day, like I mean, we'll get to them later, but. Complexity did have an off day. If you looked, the guys that uh, did so much damage last week um, were Oboe and and Rush. Um, Poison was still pretty good. I'll, I'll give him props there. He seems to be like, uh, if he can continue this, perhaps a very, very good find. But Oboe dropped off significantly um, at this event. And, and you could see the difference uh, immediately. They just didn't have that impetus, especially on the CT side, where um, they could you know just crack a, a, a T side defense, especially with bomb plants down. Um, there weren't as many clutches, and that just ended up, um, you know, significantly impacting how how successful they were. And at the end of the day, that's exactly what you need. I mean, Genji beat them in, I think, it was the first game. If I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, I got to actually just... got to pull the the HLTV stats up. No, right? it was the second game. Oh, there we go. Was the winners' match, if I'm not mistaken. Lay the knowledge on us, there, man. Yeah, Group B yes, winners' yes, match. Was. Yeah, yeah 16, 16, 13 and Inferno. So, like, I mean, uh, I think the jury is still out a bit on on Genji because Sam has like had such a great performance, and that's just yeah. always the thing. Seventeen year olds don't usually have those kind of performances very often, and when they do, those tend to be like the best players in the world that are coming up. So, Sam is certainly one to keep an eye on, much like Obo is on complexity. Um, it's just what I can look at. And what I saw this weekend from Genji, it just seems more sustainable than than what Complexity was running a couple of weeks ago. So don't you think um, all the naysayers about some, you know, around the time of Envy, you know, he's he's not that good. Um, you know that that that's putting it mildly about what people say on on Reddit and Twitter about a player when they don't succeed. Um, if you look at that though, in in the light of how he's doing in this roster with a proper in-game leader, it seems to be going pretty well. Yeah, I think it's important to take into account that he's just 17 years old and you can't really judge him off of one stint in one roster, especially considering all the things that we've heard coming out of that Envy team. There's been a, a, a lot of drama that's come from no that. No way, man. People, people are, you, are you telling me that you can't judge a player off one, off one you know performance? You know what, Mike? I know it's, I know it's I mean, a revelation, it's crazy. but actually, and, and when he's 17, it kind of adds to no, the No, no, everybody comes well. out the womb fully formed with all their skills. I mean, we, we know that, right? And actually, Mike, we weren't all blessed like you, so okay, unfortunately, yeah. that's, not, that's not how we all work. I came out but... bald and I'm still bald. <laughs> Jeez, at least you're keeping up the standard, eh? <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, I think that... Um, we, we have heard a, a lot that came out of that Envy camp, which just must have been completely counterproductive for him to try and uh, excel. If you think about somebody who plays 
off of confidence and needs the system to believe in him and everybody around to really just be thriving and buying into that one dream and idea. If they didn't really have that and they didn't, they weren't really all seeing eye to eye, then it never, never was a platform for him to excel. So I think coming into this team now, we know Daps, like we've said multiple times already here this evening, he has that ability to bring the best out of a player, especially when he can see what their strengths are. Um, even even sometimes the individual that he's working with doesn't really, you know, see exactly what Daps is trying to work with. But over time, he can draw the best out of them. And um, I think that's exactly what we're going to be seeing here. So with more time, there's actually room for improvement, which is actually scary if you think about it, considering how well they played already. Absolutely. Did did you notice the shade that I th- inadvertently threw at, uh, at Nifty there by saying with the proper in-game leader? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oops. Okay. I don't think anyone's going to call you out on that. <laughs> I called myself out. I mean, I was just like, yeah. I like being a target, clearly. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think Nifty's an effective player, but like the, the fact that he just wants to in-game lead is just so detrimental to his ability to get onto better teams and to probably just be a better player. I mean, there's, there's no player that I think IGL makes a better fragger on the server. There's just too many other things that you have to think about. Yeah, maybe, maybe people can say Nico, but like the thing is, Nico builds an entire team around himself, and then the rest of his team suffers. So the team yeah. gets worse. That's not a very good IGL at that point. I think it might also come down to the personality a little bit. Like he, in the public eye, he comes across as a really nice guy, but sometimes you like there was that one thing between him and Liquid. I don't know if you saw that little uh, snippet on Rivalry's social media. Um, was basically just he asked who he thinks they, they asked him who he thinks the most overrated team was and he said liquid and he just went what? on to say he was saying how <laughs> they just they don't always seem like they want to win and they've got problems with egos and they don't know exactly you know how to work the team game because they've got so many egos in the team was basically the point that he was making i mean and um hot kettle <laughs> yeah that's it's exactly exactly my sentiment so yeah, like I say, just going back to my original point, he, he seems like a really nice guy, but um, behind closed doors, sometimes the people who seem the nicest can also be uh, a bit conniving in a way. Not that I'm accusing him of being like that, but no, yeah, that's what but I do behind your back, man. So <laughs> sometimes like, agendas and stuff, yeah, you know, that get, fuck that that get work. <laughs> <laughs> this is not behind my back; it's like right in front of me. Yeah, just exactly. Fuck, <laughs> fuck you, man. Um, I think on, on Pika's advantage, they did speak a couple times actually about uh, Nifty as well, like the behind the behind the curtain sort of stuff, talking about sort of the inter-team backstabbing and things going on. So, I mean, this is the information we have publicly. We don't really know. So, you know, yeah. flame away if you like. But this is no, what other people have said. That was thing with as well. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, geez, that was... <laughs> Twitlongers and and players yeah. leaving a team, name a more iconic duo at this point. Oh. Yeah, it is a problem. I mean, just going back to GNG, the like, I, I do think that the team is being molded. It though the one thing that they did gain out of this, apart from just the, the nice pocket of money, is that they get they've qualified now for Dreamhack. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So that's like the next step up. So we'll get to see like, can they hang against the big boys? Because for the most part, I mean, a lot of teams here. I think every team here has flaws, and and um, certainly they're JNG uh, didn't play any of like the elite competition that's going down in Katowice at the moment. So, mm. you know, fantastic fr- from JNG, but I think we need a little bit more to know exactly how good they're actually going to be. Because I I just have a funny feeling that some has overperformed slightly here. If you can keep it up, by all means, I'm I'm happy to watch. But um, it's just it's rare to see 17 year olds drop. Uh, 
you know, drop stats like this and and carry their team throughout a, an event. I actually think it was ideal for Genji to be coming to the Streamhack Open Anaheim as their debut event because, as you said, they don't have uh, or they weren't the same teams or the same caliber of a teams attending this event as they are Katowice. But that's not necessarily what you want when you're going to your first event. You want to feel like you can be competitive and maybe push for a title because winning a trophy at your first event just creates a huge amount of inspiration and creates a lot of confidence, gets the momentum going. So uh, I think from that sense, it's actually a really good catalyst for them to continue to push forward now so early on um, in their roster stage. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's a great start. And I, I guess to me, the, the thing with Gen.G is we've mentioned Kusta as a potential flaw going forward, but unexposed. But I'd actually say the ultimate potential of this roster, they're... they're one of their biggest assets is depths, and probably one of their their, their biggest downsides would be, probably be depths eventually if they yeah. if they do reach that elite tier because that's that's what's happened previously. You know he'll he'll get a team to the very top just getting there, and then they'll go well we just don't have enough fragging from this guy. So see ya. Stanislaw. Oh my! You took the words yeah. out of my mouth. I was going to say how long until we see Stan joining Genji. Well, I mean, so, you got to give it about six to eight months. I think. So yeah, that's about the normal, the normal period. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate for Depps because he's he's been so good at building teams, but also his like whole approach to it is like, oh well, sorry guys, you know, kind of thing. It's it does seem to be something we suffer from a lot in in North American CS anyway that. In a in a scene where there's so much bravado, pardon, pardon the, the the pun there from a year ago, but um, there, there's there's so much sort of chest beating. How good we are about our um, you know, the, the individual aim that that's kind of the the American play style, and we have that in South Africa as well. Let's be honest. But um, despite that being the 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 sort of prevailing FPL, ESEA, M, MDL kind of um kind of attitude when it comes to the elite American teams they're mostly populated with players that are kind of quiet and sort of wallflowers you know so I kind of wish a little bit more of that American uh, sporting chest beating would, would come through with the North American teams because it, oh, it would make it more you, interesting you actually, the thing is you need to be successful if you want to be doing that kind of thing I mean we've all seen it with Stewie where he like you know jump on top of the desk when the team is like winning uh, events but as soon as the team stops winning events they, they just become mighty quiet and that's just the problem is like it's you need to be have success if you're going to do that whole like you know the rah-rah kind of stuff and american teams have in general just struggled a little bit just feels like like if if they adopted that attitude just a little bit more a little bit more of a projection of confidence would would do them a lot of good because they all do seem to sort of shrink back into their into their shells as soon as the game goes away from them whereas You'll see some some other teams. I think I think Complexity were actually a pretty good example of you know keeping the the bravado going. You know, just keeping yeah. keeping the noise going. I mean, blame F, of course, if he's if he's sort of cheering you on. You you have no choice but to go ahead with it, or he might literally rip you in two pieces after the game. So, kind of, you do what he says, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe maybe we should use this to actually jump in and talk about Complexity a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Their performance at DreamHack Anaheim, I think. Uh, they were looking really good in the early stages of the event, and uh, I completely anticipated that they would beat Furia in the semi-final and set up a an awesome rematch between themselves and Complexity in the grand final to sort of determine who that uh, what would that make them the the second best team in America is at the moment or North depends, America. Depends team. on who you talk to, right? But yeah. um, 
It's a, it's a bit confusing right now because I think these teams haven't all played each other yet. I, I was actually yeah. saying on Twitter I wish GNG were actually at Katowice just because it would add... Give us add, a better idea of when they start. I mean, yeah. yeah, they'd probably get lost in that composition to, at this stage, to be fair. No, no, you're right. But it's just in general, it feels like in America we don't really Well, there's evil a... geniuses as well. Okay, oh, yeah. So I was, I, I was overlooking them. Yeah, you're overstepping, so, so man. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. I, I was definitely <laughs> overlooking them. So, yeah, they, then they would be contending for that third spot, I think, between... Genji and complexity at the moment, but Cloud Nine are the best. I mean, have you? <laughs> okay, I mean, you can Would go. Tell... You, can, you, you can go yeah. tell Astralis that Cloud Nine are the best. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll get back to that a little bit later. But uh, complexity, I, I agree. I expected to see them in the grand final, and you know, obviously with our time zone, I mean, we're in the same time zone as, as Central Europe, so for us it was pretty late, and I didn't get to see. Furia, um, Furia complexity, and when I woke up and I looked at the results, I was like, "What?" You know, I just yeah. I took that as a as a foregone conclusion. You know, I mean, complexity, we're going to slam them because I mean, you know, Furia was that team that surprised Astralis and then sort of uh, faded beyond that. And geez, it almost feels like complexity might be uh, destined for a repeat. Somehow, they lost to Furia. What the hell? It's very very odd. I mean, the one thing you can say for complexity, though, and the one encouraging sign is that Poison was still a monster at this event. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. I mean, he topped the stats chart at the event, so it looks like they found um, at the very least one piece that they can definitely keep, and that's really what you want out of those things. You know, like you can trade out players here and there. Um, Ober had a, a bit of a down event. Rush also had a bit of a down event, but in general, I think. Um, Signs were encouraging for complexity, but they, I do think they're going to need something else because, like, Furia is a very one-note team. They're going to get super aggressive. Art is going to take every single deal. I mean, I think he had something like the highest um, opening duels of, of any player at the event, and he had a 49 suc- 49% success rate. So, Jeez. like, Jeez. like is, I will fight you no matter what. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's a bit wild. So, I mean, complexity, they play in that same region with Furia in, in the NA qualifiers very often. So, You'd think that they'd know how to deal with Furia, but maybe Furia just had a had a great, you know, just a, a really sick string of um, maps in that series. But still, like Furia didn't do that well against Gen.G. They got pretty convincingly crushed on. Yeah, they were tranced. So yeah, it, it does speak to complexity. I think still finding their their sea legs. Prof, I actually so want to speak. give you I want to give you props here because you you did say last week that you thought Oboe's sort of play style wouldn't be sustainable going forward, the running through smokes and stuff, and it only took a week for you to be right. So, well, I mean, look, he how old is he? I think he's sixteen or something, sixteen, seventeen. So he's I mean, there's age. lots of there's Talking lots of time arms. for him to grow. I mean, you know, it's it's he's just got a, yeah, he appeared on the scene, looked pretty good in his um, in that land a couple of weeks ago and if you can maintain that great uh if you can't well there's lots of players that haven't been able to um so um hopefully he can keep it up it would be interesting to see another youngster from from na coming through because na has has started to produce talent after a while now it's taken Mm -hmm. them many years but they 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 are starting to you know produce a lot of players on the same level of skill as uh, traditionally the europeans we've always expected yeah, one of one of the problems that I've found quite consistently happening with these players is just the level of overhype getting to their heads and actually just not being able to live up to that expectation every single time. And then what tends to happen is every time they go out there to play, they just know that everybody expects to see them playing a certain way and to actually be having an impact through that fashion. Um, 
So when you when you get that in your head, it, it starts to become a bit of a problem because you overthink the situation and you put too much pressure on yourself because now you want to always perform like that. And I feel like that's what happened with Oboe at the major. And, and uh, there was like all this talk about how he, he's this young kid that, and he's going to just absolutely destroy everybody and then, you know, pitched up and uh, the pressure got to him. We've seen something similar happen with Stewie as well. He had to go through a bit of an evolution, you know, some... Uh, probably to a degree that happened to him. And just like you said, there are a bunch of these players. And I think it's almost inevitable that somewhere along the line, you are going to go through a dip. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's the way of life. It's about how you get yourself out of that dip. That's what really genuinely separates the men from the boys when it comes to this conversation. So um, I think that Oboe does have what it takes. I think he's in the absolutely correct environment um, with complexity you know, Jason Lake, you wouldn't want to, you couldn't get a better CEO just to make sure that the kid doesn't feel the pressure, make sure they focus on taking that off of him. Um, but yeah, that, that would be one of the most important things that I would be working on with these young and up and coming talents is just to make sure the experienced players are performing to the best of their ability, because then that takes the pressure off and it allows for those inexperienced players to just dovetail and really perform. I mean, the, the, the other good thing about uh, complexity is that config was looking pretty good as well. Um, that's that's really the kind of guy that I think everybody wants to oh, yeah. see get back to some level of, of his uh, late 2016 form because when that guy's on, he's an absolute monster. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big uh, Config fan, man. I mean, like I I love the CS:GO bad boys. The guys are gonna you know talk a bit of shit in the interviews and you know be a bit of an asshole on 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 Twitter and then do it on the server. And I mean, you know, the fanatic guys, JW Flasher, they've been fantastic at that. Always enjoyed that. Um, I don't know why fans don't enjoy it. I mean, you've got to love to hate the guys, right? That's that's the whole point. Yeah. Config, I think he's he's almost the ultimate evolution of that. I've just been waiting for him to get back to that level of form, Prof, because uh, you know, I just want to see him slamming people on Twitter again and uh, and on the server, because we need those kind of personalities in CS. Yeah. He's reformed, though, man. He's a... No! No, say it in config two point has come to the the light side. No, uh, I mean jokes aside, you know that Jason Lake actually said that um, the reason he signed config was because of his response to Thorin's article that he wrote, and because I know that was amazing. He, he, yeah, he, instead of acting out against it and getting touched and taking it personally, he actually took a step back and said, "Holy shit, everything you've written is right, and I've actually fucked up really badly over the past." 12 months or whatever it was at the time so um that's a, a fantastic mentality and it just goes to show as well that being the bigger person actually goes a long way i mean it landed him a really really good contract you know just um, the way that he he genuinely and um, authentically responded to the situation it's it goes to show it's important to be a genuine and authentic person don't you think that's the coolest story arc as well? Because, I mean, I've just described him as such a bad boy and, you know, yeah. it's kind of been what he, what he has been. But he can also undergo this transformation to, to being essentially loved because he, he responded so well to, to you know, basically being told, listen, you've, you've squandered your career. Um, yeah. You, you, you could have been great do something about it and he actually has done something about it so i mean that's that... that's the the main anecdote is that it's like you still have time it's like yeah you're still not yeah. all is lost yet you know yeah i think i think in esports we also tend to write players off at a fairly young age i mean when a guy's like 25 he's like oh he's he's spent he's used he's done kind of thing but i think you know if anything you look at the polls from Virtus pro back in the day and you know as recently as like 2017 2018 those guys were still continuing to reinvent themselves and continuing to be um competitive so 
I I think you know we don't know what the what the upper age limit is in esports, but you know a guy like Config so young. I mean, he he he's, he's, he could still play for another six to ten years if he wanted to. So, you know, I, I'm just glad that he he realized that because I think too many players kind of they're amazing and then they just sort of fade. I mean, actually talking about Polish people, Snacks is a prime example of that. I mean, he's he's still under twenty five. So. Wow! What the wow. hell? Don't you know? even joke. <laughs> what the hell? It's just like oh, how, how does that happen? I mean, he was a he was a top five player in the world at one point, and now now he sleeps through uh, through qualifier games. So, I mean, I know he's got some kind of like sleep disorder or whatever. So, no offense on that one, but it's just it's a very stark contrast. And you know, you you contrast that against Config, who was also a player who was absolutely slamming for for Dignitas. They won that um, epicenter was it 2016, and then. Yeah. Beyond that, it was just nothing, you know. I think there was that one result where they won the the final against um, the Brazilians, you know, with the, the whole famous uh, "prove it or I'll or I'll kill you" kind of kind of event. But that was the final they actually won because those dudes didn't show up. Yeah. And I think that was that might have been the last one that he did. So um, I, I'm just really excited to see him do something in complexity. But complexity really do need to find a little bit more consistency because that to me is. Is their issue at the moment? Their upside is amazing, but the the ability to deliver it uh, on a consistent basis isn't there yet, and I think that may has a lot to do with their playstyle. Yeah, I mean, it is going to be a kind of playstyle that you'd you'd expect from a relatively new in-game leader like. Uh... Yeah, well, what was his name? Blame F. You you looking for that? Uh, no, I said. A relatively new game game leader like Blame F. It, it cut out. Uh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> it cut out. We were like, like what? <laughs> <laughs> like who? <laughs> <laughs> so talking about you, you, you mentioned new in game leaders. Let's go to seasoned veterans. A guy who looks uh, grizzled enough to be twice my age, when in fact I'm vastly older than he is. I don't know. He's got miles on the clock. This guy, MSL North. Will they come back stronger? The meme. You know, Mike, MSL says he'll come back stronger. Are oh, they coming back stronger, boys? Mike, I, I think North do enough recycling to save the planet. Burn. That's harsh. I'm with Matt on this one. I think he's right. I mean, the guys have guys have come in, come out. Honestly, I think their their biggest mistake, North's mistake, was letting MSL go in the first place. That. I think they've been in, in a self-imposed wilderness because they didn't keep the, you know, I mean, we talk about God Hunden, but, you know, then there's people who've transcended into another plane of reality, and that's MSL. I mean, the guy was a, was an MVP on the AWP against Astralis to win a tournament, and then he got kicked out of his team. I mean, the guy is that good. Yeah, it is wild. Sarcasm, dude. of course, still, in case you, yeah. nobody knows it about is, where I'm coming from. It is from, still yeah. wild to think of that, how that whole situation went down. And, I mean... <sighs> The one thing I can say about North at this event is that Kiebi looked pretty good. Yeah, and for sure. If they can keep getting him looking like that, they can maybe get um, you know, another five percent from a couple of the other players. They have potential to do some damage at at the DreamHack open on the DreamHack open circuits. I don't think they're gonna be very, very good. They they still look like they're a player or two short of, of challenging um at least top ten at the moment um so, so yeah, he has... he's good but like the problem is he's very very inconsistent and he's been around for quite a while so it doesn't look like we're going to see much of a change from that so here's a question for you what does az have to do to not be in north like at this point it's a staple yeah i don't know dude 
Yeah, but I feel like uh, even just removing AZ at this point isn't necessarily yeah. the change that's going to save no, the roster. I, I agree. Yeah. Like, there's a culture now that's you know been embedded where you only really get to shift that if you change a call. I mean, the but... problem is, if you look at the team, it's like, Kiebi played well at this event, and I think generally he's been their best player, but then it's like, AZ was the second best player at this event for them. Cajun B, Cajun B, like, I mean, everybody thought, like, okay, you know, he just needs to be solid, but he's been less than that. Gade, I still don't really know what the point is of Gade. Like, he's, he's a, okay, but at this level, you can't live with okay. You need better than that. So... I think they've got the foundation of a core, but at least a, uh, a single uh, player change more likely to perhaps even three to, to, to really find. To me, it is a three-player thing because like, the, the actual core here to me is just got to be Kirby and MSL and the, the other three probably got to go at some point because it does feel like, as Matt was saying, it is a bit of a recycling kind of thing, but... A guy like MSL is worth having because he's going to create a system and uh, create a yeah. create a, a, a team ethos and you know he, his his management of the players. I don't I don't think necessarily off the server, but on the server is really good. So um, you, you can get a team that could potentially contend. I just don't think with these sorts of players. Of course, we are, we are saying all of this, and they actually lost very narrowly to to Genji. It was a 16-13, So they had their opportunities, that's for sure. And I mean, this is again MSL. Uh, getting more out of less but um still I, I don't think there's these sorts of results i don't think there's there's much more that we can expect out of them without changes yeah. but the question is in in denmark who do you get at this point because i mean yeah. what are you what are you going to steal players from mad lions i think that's really your only option right now the problem is mad lions got more money than you yes they so, do <laughs> so. they, i mean mad lions bought into flashpoint so they clearly well, they had more money you... but now they gave it to flashpoint yeah. so <laughs> and uh, I mean, yeah. the thing is north won't have north can't actually buy those players out and why would they they're mm. on a, a semi-decent team they're locked into flashpoint at the moment i i mean i haven't seen all the flashpoint teams but i don't think north is in there um and no north's in e- epl yeah, EPL. Yeah. Uh, like at the end of the day why would you leave mad lines right now for for north what about refresh i mean that, that was the that was the other guy we were talking about like a year and a half ago i mean refresh hasn't played like a map since like in like the last four months really okay well that's interesting yeah, the the irony of North's situation is that they actually had uh, is it Roj or Roje? Uh, Roy. Roy. Oh, okay, cool. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> um, they actually had him on. Oh no! Uh, uh, apologies. Sorry. I just want to um, refresh. Is playing on Co- Copenhagen Flames at the moment, so he has actually been pretty active. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, Roy was actually on North's books in their academy team not too long ago. Before that whole. Uh, debacle was scrapped just for uh, ethical thing reasons, um, but they had him. He, he was right there, and they decided to rather invest in the the journeyman and and go for the the experienced players. And it just it hasn't worked out for them. So I mean, one or two different decisions a year and a half ago, and maybe North is you know that consistent top ten team, but it just hasn't really worked out that way. A couple bad roster changes, and they've just been stagnant. I think that's the only way we can yeah. look at it. Even though they've got these. Danish players who historically are actually powerhouses in their own regard. It's just they don't live up to that expectation anymore. And um, yeah, yeah, they, they've missed they've missed the boat. Unfortunately, I think. I mean, the problem is that like I, I, North is you basically might as well just scrap the roster and just start. Yeah, with, uh, 
MSL and, and uh, Kiebi all over again. But like, I mean, how many times has that been said by multiple different podcasts and multiple different um, talking heads? Yeah, we're just like, copying them. North North is just, uh, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, you just got to burn down the whole house to rebuild it from the ground up because right now it's the, you just there's not not enough that's salvageable um in the near future and they're in a terrible situation right now because they're multiple chopping and changing and and all the times that they've gone you know they just seem to have made every bad roster decision that you could have and they've dropped so far down the pecking order that like the other teams probably won't want to um you know uh, they they aren't as scared of North stealing their players. I think if you like play, you don't to want to be, go there. Yeah, it, it used to just be that North would steal from Handen and then Stralis would steal from North. That hasn't been the case for a very long time. Yeah, I think that North should have been looking to when they when they were make they were going through a bit of a t- turmoil um, towards their. Well, I mean, <laughs> when have they not been going forever. through turmoil? <laughs> but um, I just, I'm, I think back to that Fragsters team, um, Babski, Stavin, Torben, Dragonfly, Refresh, I'm looking at the, the roster list now. That was a team that had, you could see, that was like a, a proper up-and-coming Danish team. Just not maybe not necessarily as those five together, but all of those five individuals had displayed a mad amount of potential. And I think that's when they should have been looking to try and get the signature of someone like Stavin, who is now in Heroic. He, he was clearly going to be one of the stars in the Danish scene, but instead they they decided to stick with Gade and then get pick up Cajun B. Um, I, I think they should have been looking to sign one of these younger players because that's actually been one of the recipes for success in some of these teams in recent times is finding themselves someone like a Brokey yeah. um, who, who's unmolded and has the ability to play this new meta brand type of Counter-Strike, which, like I said, North seem to be outdated and maybe that some factor or element of youth is exactly what they needed you calling our lord and savior msl outdated <laughs> I, I will not stand for this aggression matt and there's hey, a movie you're... quote for you that you don't even get because you don't get movie quotes yeah there we go at least i don't have to be the one to say it anymore <laughs> well uh something i also don't get ends oh ends done is it time to to call this project over because uh Jeez, this is uh, this is not a good look. Uh, what again? Other podcasts have said this. Um, possibly the worst roster move ever to remove Alexi B and and put Sunny in there. It has not worked out, has it? Yeah, no. I, I think it's I think it's time that they even just acknowledge that they fucked up and they move keep digging on. in their heels. Though. I mean, that's the the crazy yeah, thing about there's it. nothing. There's actually nothing wrong with admitting that they made a mistake with that roster change. And I think it would get them a little bit more respect as well from everybody instead of just trying to act like they still stand by the decision that they made um, because it's it's reaching that point now where it's actually just becoming excruciating to watch. <laughs> it's become a meme because you think about it, easy for Ents, such a great meme. Haha, you know, easy for Ents, it's so easy for us. And now, I mean, they've become, in within the, the same lifetime of the same team, a meme for a different reason. You know, it's just... It's kind of crazy how how culture works, but yeah, it's it's bad at this point. I mean, they've been dunked on by their own fans for a long time now, probably a good four or five months at this point, and no oh, no end in sight. The problem with this whole thing is though, like, where does ends go now? Yeah, like it's, what do you do? it's not like you can get Alexi B back. He's yeah, gone, and he's gone so for good. Yeah, and it's it's you know because you're an all um, Finnish team. There aren't going to be many uh, 
uh, in-game leaders dropping out of the trees. So, like, Ensis has basically just locked themselves into the worst punishment that you could ever experience because now they get to watch Alexi B do pretty well with his current team. I mean, th- th- again, it's another one of those teams where um, it seems like they, they could get go from strength to strength and, and add a couple of players here or there. And because Alexi B um, is able to now work in a multinational team, it's clearly just going to be a massive advantage to him. Whereas you look at like the rest of this ends team, yeah, maybe somebody can rescue Sergey, but where's Sergey going to go? Like, what team is he going to get right now with an IGL good enough to get him back to where uh, Alexi B is that needs a player? It's crazy. I mean, like the only player I can think of off the top of my head, well, there's two. Maybe it would be Jumpy, but or Yumpy, but I don't think that's going to happen because of the the VAC ban. Yeah. And then again, what is he going to add in the sense of yeah, he can frag, but the the essential problem is not is not that the team is just the team is just and, a dumpster fire at the moment. And the the other player you could think of would be would be Otto from the ex crazy guys, but again, it's like well, it's, it's just not solving the problem because I mean yeah. you know I look an orb, so what what do what are we actually solving? They they have no way out. I mean, what not to come out of retirement? What? I mean, grasping at straws. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Ence literally has just like shot themselves in the foot while their foot was in their mouth. Is there yeah. is there maybe a player from like Harvu or something? I mean, you and I used That's to, what I was thinking, to, to cast yeah. a bunch of Harvu games, but I mean, I'm thinking about it. Alexi was in 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 those teams, you know, playing in ESEA main a couple of years ago, and. I didn't see any other players at the time that necessarily made me go like, well, this is the guy who's going to do it. I mean, even if you look at Harvu, like, let's say you get, I mean, I don't know who the IGL is on this team. Like, the thing is, Harvu hasn't exactly covered themselves in glory either. So, like, they're solid, but Ence doesn't want solid. They want to be the best in the world. That's why they made the change for Sunny and unfortunately they just made the worst possible change for Sunny because they removed the one guy that somehow got that team to work together, put in an extra fragger and then the whole team collapsed in on itself because now they don't know how to, um, you know, like run, they don't know how to play a tactical game anymore. And that was what Alexi B pretty much brought to the team. So it's, they, they've basically just, screwed themselves so hard and i just i have no idea how you fix that problem well prof i just want to point out that uh, for once you actually are wrong and i'm I'm going to hang you out to dry because you, you said harvey haven't covered themselves in glory but in fact they did cover themselves in glory over the weekend winning aces rog winter 2020 against ldlc so you know there was some glory at least uh covering going on just saying i mean who's on that ldlc team i have no <laughs> idea actually Literally no idea. I was, I was following my boy's fate. You know, they, uh, they, yeah. they lost so to, to Harvey in the semi-final. But, uh, LDLC is Sixer, Lambert, Haji, Logan, and Gringo. Gringo <laughs> doesn't even have a picture on HLTV, bud. Well, <laughs> okay. Just, like, Harvey, well played, you know, beat them. But, like, again, the, the issue that they've created for themselves ends is that you can't solve it anymore. Yeah, you've lit- you have literally just screwed. Wow, the boot. that's there's nothing you can do. Like you yeah. can't undo it anymore because Alexi's not going to come back. The, no. the rumors that they like should talk to him in the scene that that that's just a done deal. It's over. 
Yeah, it's really, if, if it's going to be saved, it's going to be something that none of us are really aware of. It's going to be some player they'll pull in, like a Golden Style thing, you know, just yeah. out of the blue and while he's actually pretty legit. But, you know, that's a very, very, very rare thing, and I, I don't see that happening. Also, culturally, Finnish people are far more reserved generally than, than the Swedes. So, you know, you also don't really see like a 16-year-old or a 17, 18-year-old guy just coming out of the blue and suddenly being able to be a, a competent in-game leader. It's just it's a different culture so yeah i think a bunch of these guys or actually all of the ends players have also developed quite serious egos over the past 12 to 18 months as well obviously before things started going downhill so i don't i think they're going to be reluctant to also just work with you know some player who hasn't really proven himself in any regard yet so like even from that prospect like you're saying mike the the their their natural way of going about it they're very reserved people but even now on top of that they've also got these egos as well which is going to make them even more reluctant to to go down that route so like you're saying sean uh, there's actually you can't isn't fix, even like nothing. a silver arrow there's, there's actually they actually they just need to keep on grafting and getting up every day and trying to make this project work one way or another like because there's actually no other solution that's more plausible than them digging themselves out of this hole so they've, they've yeah which is which could actually, which realistically, I, mean, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't bet on it. So that's I mean, I mean, hey, I'm not saying hold your breath, but I'm just saying, you know what? Maybe maybe six months down the line, this ends team has been able to figure their shit out. They've been able to develop a style of play that's actually sustainable, and and maybe they they do start competing for that top ten spot again. But I don't see them getting back to the same heights that they were at, where they were actually what they were the third best team in the world at one uh-huh. stage, I think. They might have even been second briefly when the might have even, were playing. Yeah, so the, the, I don't, I don't see them getting back to that point. But I do think that they can perform better than they have been over the past three months. Yeah, it's just, and pigs can fly. Basically, is is where we're at. It's it's been lackluster, and uh, well, I'll use that as a transition into something else that was lackluster, and then to a third thing that's lackluster. So. I don't know if you guys are fans of Star Trek. I like Star Trek a lot. And uh, there's a show called Star Trek Picard that just came out, and I think it's horrendous. But um, Starfleet Headquarters is uh, is the Anaheim Convention Center. And how do I know? Because I've been to the Anaheim Convention Center a bunch of times for conventions. So that's the same venue they had this uh, this event at. And this event wasn't lackluster. It was pretty good. You know, DreamHack Open, you tend to think of not being great, but it was actually it was actually pretty legit. But... The other thing that I'll bring in as lackluster was uh, Forza. I just, you know, I mean, it's the, uh, the the long tradition of being fantastic at a major slash major qualifier, whatever you want to go with, as a CIS team, and then not really being much of anything beyond that seems they seem to be carrying that on. Well done to them. Sorry, sarcasm again. You know, just, sorry. I know my tone of voice doesn't <laughs> doesn't always make that a, a, that it doesn't make that clear, but. Yeah, Forza, 6th to 8th place, yeah, really not what you'd expect of a team that was as competitive I mean, as they were. They won DreamHack Winter last year, so you'd, you'd, you'd expect a little bit better than this, but they didn't really do a lot of anything. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind of... I mean, I want to say it's surprising, but it's also like I, I've come... Maybe because I just delight in the misfortune of others, I mean, <laughs> or something, but I've always just thought now that whole thing of... CIS teams doing really well at at majors in various capacities. It does seem to be like quite a tradition. If they're not called Navi, beyond that, they tend to fall off. So, yeah. I mean, there's no real stat that I can put behind that. It's just observable. It just seems to to happen. So, yeah, I don't know. Where where do we see Forza maybe 
uh, this just being a bad event for them and they're going to be better again or is this actually their true level personally i've always felt like they do have a bit of a ceiling um like they'll always be that tier two cis team and never really consistently break break through and and uh reach playoffs in big events i mean let's not forget that flip was sought after by navi um and they weren't able to get his signature and they they Falls went as far as to play the like no actually he wants to stay with us oh, that, he, he wants to be in our team sure. and he really wants he really believes in our our idea and it's like <laughs> mate just you know just just say the buyout was too expensive but and yeah, like, he had like, no choice but it wasn't know? him saying it it was also like the ceo or yeah, somebody yeah, asked totally me. it's yeah, like it i promise exactly. you he definitely said that to me <laughs> he told me himself like, yeah yeah what? and it's again it's that whole mentality of like he doesn't there, there is no other answer which um which which allows them to walk away from the situation with a smile on the face if he says yeah i really want to be a navi but i don't have a choice then you know when he walks into the practice room the next day he, he's not going to have that same um that same relationship with his teammates i don't think so even if he did say to his ceo yeah i want to be here it was only because he knew he didn't have any other choice please sir pay me a salary at the end of the month <laughs> but i mean look at their results though i mean they they lost 16-8 against north not even remotely close that was the best of one and then we come to the the best of three where the ostensibly british team endpoint two won them and i mean it was a, like super crazy close uh vertigo 28-26 multiple overtimes marathon match i don't think it was vintage counter-strike at all but um yeah that was grimy <laughs> uh, yeah but you know they lost sixteen seven on the on, on train after they took uh, Inferno, so it, it's just not a good look. Because I mean, endpoints are just it's journeyman. You know, I mean, we know Crucial, we know Surreal, we know Robin. These guys have played in multiple teams. I mean, I think all of us have casted them at various yeah. points. Um, and you know they're just sort of solid, unexceptional kind of players. I don't really know too much about uh, Thomas or Mighty Max. I saw some guys on Twitter saying how Thomas, Thomas is like a Thomas legit player. Yeah, yeah he's, so he's I mean, he was hitting some nutty shots. I think there was one round. Oh, there was. I know on the dust two map, I forget. Um, might have been against. Um, complexity. I know that he was going pretty nuts on on that one map, and he looks like he could be solid. But again, it's like. I I, I just don't understand like, uh, why Forza dropped against Endpoint. Endpoint is like. I mean, most people wouldn't be able to name these players at all. And yet Forza dropped a pretty bad series. Exapower was still pretty solid, but I mean, he is the Orpa, so uh, he's the one that looks like they had real talent, but I mean, he's never going to get picked up by Na'Vi while Na'Vi has Simple on the books. Yeah, they, they didn't actually play Complexity, though. It was just those those two two games. But I mean, the, your point stands. Forza are just un, unexceptional. Yeah. No, nothing really looked to work for them. It didn't have that same level of swagger that we saw from them previously. And that, again, common theme. You know, Vega Squadron, they did that. Um, Quantum Bellend Fire did that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just it, it's a long tradition. It, it continues. Um, I think, as is traditional, I'm going to not bag on MIBR because that's fun. What do you guys sure. think? <laughs> um, Blackluster, we'll go with that again. I mean... MIBR, are you kidding me? At this point, six I mean, to eight, they, they they should have been a team that was in the running to win this thing, right? At least top four, dude. At least top four. I think you could maybe expect an outside bet at the, the at making the finals, but to not even make 
playoffs is like massively disappointing. Like it just it just continues the downward trajectory of MLBR, and they can't get bet players. There's no like they can't buy out any of the Fury. Um, the Fury players. So like, what do they do? Five year contract. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Oh man, that is one of the like the craziest things as well. It's like, hey, you did well at a couple of tournaments. Now you will stay here in indentured servitude for the rest of your mortal life. I mean, five years in esports—that's insane. Oh, I just want to say, like, uh, I mean, in five years, CS:GO might not exist. We just don't know at this point. So it's. Maybe like, they've really kicked a player since that that like five-year yeah. contract was signed. So it's just, I don't know, dude. Um, you get a contract. You like, get a contract. Give that contract back. When last did you see Henny in a team for like longer than a year as well? I don't yeah. think he. I don't think he signed a five-year contract. Now that I think about it, though, because no, he came in after so. that whole debacle. Yeah. But I mean, like, what does MRBR do? They can't get any of the other um, Brazilian players because they're all too expensive. So they've got the, the the Argentinian kid. But like, you'd expect more from them. Like, it, it's it's not that I think MRBR are they're not unsalvageable, but it's like the to fix that team is so difficult for them. And it's 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 sort of like it's similar to an ENS in that they can't really fix the problem right now, but it's different in that it's not of their own making. Like it's not their fault. They just can't get players. Yeah. So they can't get a case of who you would have a look at. They can't get a, uh, you know, a couple of the other players, uh, a Vinny or one of those others. So they're basically just stuck with this roster and they can only change like one at a time. And it won't be from one of the top, say even fourth uh, Brazilian team. So they're basically punting on kids that are, complete unknowns even to them probably and it's a horrible situation for mrpr to be in but especially with the money behind the whole thing the the legendary yeah. major major winners that are in the team it's it's a very difficult one for them the only match that they actually won here was uh was against ents and again we've already outlined why ents is is a team that's in terminal decline at the moment do we think mibr are in terminal terminal decline because of of the situation that they're placed in is Mayan suddenly going to get better? What, what do you guys think? Um, I'm not sure that Mayan's going to be the, the 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 factor that salvages the situation. I'm actually, I'm looking at those experienced players, but we've been saying that for a while now as well. I mean, ever since KNG came into the team, he was actually supposed to be the player to take a, a lot of the fragging power responsibility on his own shoulders and actually relieve the pressure that was on the likes of Fallen and, and Fur maybe a little bit as well, but that hasn't happened to any not degree. Not at all, yeah. Um, the the other problem for me is that like Fur just he hasn't really been performing to the level that he was as consistently before. I think players have really found out his play style. Um, he's one of those players who who who's either goes super hard or or not hard at all. And um, when you are in a position to deal with that, it becomes very difficult for him. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I mean, terminal decline is a a rough phrase or term to use, but um, I don't is... see a, 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 a shining light that's going to be salvaging their situation. Yeah, the the problem is they can't fix the problem because they can't get the players that could potentially solve their problem. But even with this five, like, in, do you in, think in... with these five players, do you no. think that they would? be anyway capable of getting to like a top five consistently no. which is like the... you look at mibr that's anything less than that is disappointing right i mean by the standards they've set for themselves exactly yeah yeah but i mean the the one shining light that mibr does have is that they still have fallen and yeah. fallen 
like he's shown that he could make multiple teams work. Now the biggest issue is just they just don't they can't get the players to try it out, and that's the the problem at the end of the day. Whereas so Enz, ironic, man. Like Ence yeah. doesn't have that situation. Ence is like got to basically cobble together as many pieces as they can to see what they can get out of it. Whereas yeah. at least with Fallen, you know you you will get a style of play and. At the moment, it's not great there. They're clearly not winning anything. They don't look like a good team. But with Fallen there, I think there's at least hope that you could maybe one day get a good team again. It's so ironic, though. Did you ever think you would hear yourself saying or hear somebody say that Fallen couldn't get the players that he wanted? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's just... Yeah, yeah. That's like... Yeah, that's Imagine how saying he, that in 2016 built, or 2016. That's what I mean. It's just like, like yeah, he, he is the puppet master of the scene. But now... Yeah. Um, the corporate aspect of him of it has gotten in the way somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, so we, we were mentioning Fury a little bit. They got in the way of, of complexity, of course. And I mean, it's, I guess transitioning from talking about uh, one Brazilian team to another. Well, I mean, are, are Furio going to rise up as Furiosa r- rose up in uh, Mad Max Fury Road? Or will they never reach the heights that they did before f- with five-year contracts dragging them down back into the mud? Well... I was actually um, quite impressed from what I saw at Fury at this event. I think that they've been able to add an extra dimension to their game that we haven't really seen from them in the past. And it's just, it's a little bit more finesse and nuance, a little bit more so not holding W, we've, basically. Is that, <laughs> that we've that seen what you're from them in the me. past. Yeah, the, maybe not as much. So the, we're, we're three done. of them not running down mid on, on Inferno <laughs> that, at, it, at once. That, not as much as we've CT seen side. in the past. Um they definitely that is definitely still the main theme in their approach, but there's just a little bit more thought behind the way they go about their business. Some more boosts, a little bit more passive play where there has to be switching things up and trying to be more unpredictable. That boost was cool, eh? You you guys <laughs> see that on Twitter? Which one? There was the, uh, actually the they were boost. Okay, the one on overpass or yeah. yeah. You see, the, the thing is, it, when you look at CS, fifteen rounds a half. That's basically what it boils down to, and. On the T side, if you can f- consistently come up with six or seven different ways, innovative ways to find the first pick in the round, you put yourself in such a good position with that early four versus five. So with these quirky, innovative boosts, if you can actually con- um, you come up with five or six of them, you, you come up with almost um, guarantee ways of getting yourself those early picks. So I-, I really like that was the way that they were going about their game. The problem is it just it still feels too gimmicky for me to like really ever rely on it. Um, you know, it's it's like a different version of what they were last year, but they've like they've added a couple of strings to their bow. But it's still, they just seem to still live and die by like that ultra aggressive in your face play style, where like they're either going to like win every duel or they're just going to sort of fall flat. And that's just the the real problem for me with this Fury team. They, they look great at this level, but it's usually because they have enough skill on their on their roster to at least match up with other teams here. And if they get that that momentum rolling, it just feels like they they love to play in the chaos of those kind of rounds. Whereas a couple of the other teams, you can't really handle that kind of play style if you haven't played against it enough. And and against elite competition, I don't think Fury will do much of anything. At this level, they, they can still make finals and, and potentially win win tournaments. But I just don't see them being much different from this well, like this is like this is basically what you'd expect from them. Make a final of a dream hack. Yeah. Like maybe win it, but more more likely than not up against a team that can 
stymie their their aggression they'll just sort of peter out so well something you said there i, th- I think definitely is borne out in in the results if you look at the chaos element that's really what they were about last year with their, their crazy aggression against north they actually like absolutely trounced them 16-3 so you know against a very very structured team when you suddenly thrown sort of a spanner in the works they did it against Australis last year as well it's yep. just like how do you deal with what they're doing when they don't even know what they're doing in, in yeah. some <laughs> senses you know i mean they had the cool boosts and everything but again there's also just that like mad like why are they doing this what do they do oh we're all dead <laughs> you know that that kind of kind of element that they have to them so i think they are a, a, a wild card team going forward but i think more the fact that they were in the final was more down to complexity bottling it a little bit in the um in the semi rather than them necessarily being better you know i, I don't know that sounds a little bit disparaging towards them but it really felt like that to me like it didn't seem like they they had the potential to be proper finalists you know so yeah i uh, i think yeah sorry mike continue yeah. oh, i was just gonna say and then in the in the final obviously the first map wasn't close against genji the second map did go to overtime but genji were never under real threat of of even losing a map there yeah, yeah they were also they let fury get back into that they could have ended that a lot sooner yeah. and made it a far more one-sided final uh, than DNA it actually special, was. Hey? The, the thing about fury though right is that like you were saying, they, their play style might not be sustainable to consistently place in the playoffs or high up at these top events. But I think that they do still have that potential to make a crazy run at yeah. something something like Immortals did in the, the 2017 major. Like I, I still think the fact that they have the ability to do to do something like that, in my opinion, they have that potential, then that's still that's still enough for them to to continue with this team and to um enough of a reason to because there's no there's no point in playing in a team if you don't think that you can win those big events and you you can actually make a, a proper mark on the scene. And yeah, sure, they might not be able to consistently be in the top five, but they do have those players who are capable of popping off and going crazy in an event and actually still winning it. So for me, I still think that's enough to to validate them as a, a roster that is you know worth watching and. Um, keeping in your good books if i can put it that way they definitely are a spoiler team like they're they're the kind of team that you don't want to play early in an event because they can just like knock you over in a best of one and then just ruin your whole day north yeah Yeah. very much the case um so we're talking about whether they're legit or not i guess um endpoint is another team we can we can transition to are they legit i'm gonna be honest i I, I didn't watch much of it okay well I, i I'm just gonna 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 put this out there. I'll venture to say it. Endpoint have been hyped a little bit. I saw some of the Brits on on Twitter saying, "Oh, you know, like another great British hope kind of thing." British CS is back, but the team isn't majority British. Um, <laughs> number is. one, it is. It's three Brits. It's two. Oh, three. Oh, you're right. Three. You're right. Three, two. Majority. I was getting it the wrong way. Okay, fine. I don't know what majority means. Flame me. Okay, fine. <laughs> Okay, so you're right. It's 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 two third British. It is a British team to a degree, but I don't think necessarily that they're going to be anything more than a than a than a flash in the pan. I mean, I just don't see it happening again. I f- I feel like they they were just in a good position as opposed to you know right right good the, the right right time the right day kind of thing as opposed yeah. to them necessarily being a, a legit team. I mean, they went up against North and got like absolutely thumped 2-0 uh KB dropping plus 28 of the series this is like 
That's nuts. And uh, I mean, it, it did just seem as though like, I mean, Thomas had a bad series there and it looks as though this is the kind of team that sort of lives and dies by its, um, by its players form on the day. And that just never strikes me as a, as a team that you can really bank on. So, you know, congrats to making it to the event and certainly they, they gave us an interesting look, but it doesn't seem like there's going to be much more than that from endpoint. Like they might appear at a couple of DreamHack uh, opens throughout the year, but other than that, it's just, you know, a very forgettable team at times. I think unfortunately for like someone like Robin, he's missed out on the best part of his career. Maybe just, you know, there was that whole issue with the VAC ban, which barred him from playing at Valve sponsored events, which is actually now, as far as I'm aware, has been uh, removed. So he is actually eligible to play at those events now. Um, But he's been around since I've been watching since 2014, he's been in the mix and he's always been a name that's been hovering around and jumping, you know, from all those different Swedish teams, those, those grassroots teams, those feeder teams, but just, wasn't able to to go to the next level because of that problem with the VAC issue. Now that that's been taken away, it's like someone who was wrongfully implicated in prison who's come out and it's like lost his best years. Yeah. Um, I think he's a good player. Good same as same as Crucial, another person who's um, you know who's been around for a long time and hasn't ever really been at the top level. Surreal, uh, one of those players as well. So yeah, I agree. I, I think um, you'll see them there or thereabouts, but never really pushing into the upper echelon and making an impact against the top teams. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going before Prof corrected me. I was thinking it's three journeymen and two Brits. You know, that that was my my thinking because it just feels yeah. like it. It's guys who who's who've had opportunities and haven't quite been able to find it. And in the case of Robin, of course, was denied the you know cruelly denied the opportunity. So. Hopefully they can do something. Hopefully they can prove us wrong. Go go ahead, wreck us, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'd be happy for you guys, but it just it there's not enough evidence here to look at it and go like, oh yeah, British CS back on the map. I mean, British CS is on the map in the sense that uh, British talent are probably the best in the world <laughs> at talking about CS, but the actual doing, un- unfortunately, not so great. Yeah. So, um, I think that concludes our uh, DreamHack Anaheim coverage. Um, we, we managed to get through quite a bit there. It took us a lot longer than we were expecting as well. Hey, We always say, oh, let's keep the short and, you know, to the point. And now we, here we are um, an hour and nine minutes down the road. So, um, I guess the question, guys, um, do we want to delve into day one in Katowice? Because that's happening while we're recording this podcast. Or do we want to leave it for next week? What do you, what do you boys think? I think next week's probably yeah. A I agree with Sean. Idea, cause the like, main uh, reason is because we didn't get to get, catch some of the most important games, like G two hundred Thieves is currently going on. I didn't get to watch that third uh, map between G- Navi and Phase. Um, you know, those, those are some important bits of information I want to really uh, know about before I, mean, it's, I it's, jump it's, into it's it. It's a single, yeah, it's a single best of three for anything. So to like make any like hard. Uh, you know, to have any sort of hard debate is just pointless at this stage. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that one, mate. Um, okay, well, well, we'll leave it there then, I guess. Um, for for Katowice, it started really well. I've really enjoyed the first day game so far. I'm loving the fact that it's BO3 pretty much the whole way through. Um, that's really going to mean that whoever wins this tournament, uh, you you cannot deny that they would have deserved it because, uh, geez, it's, it's a grueling one. And it's going on right. all week. 
Yeah, why don't we um, give everybody a quick update on who we predicted to win the event and allow for a change maybe as well. <laughs> Look at you, eh? you're no, ready. No, already no, trying to, he's trying to like, wiggle ready. out of a bad decision. Okay, so so Matt, tell us who did you predict to win, win Kedavita? So originally I went with FaZe Clan and I was actually quite... How are you feeling on quite, that one? I was quite happy with my decision. You were decision. bullish, weren't you? Eh? Uh, you were like, yeah, I, I got I this. was quite happy with it not too long ago. They were looking really good on Nuke and even on Dust up to a point, but unfortunately the old phase started to creep in there when things weren't going their way. Uh, they started to fall to the wayside. But I'm going to stick by them because I'm a oh digging a in who, his heels, a big mistake. My ship, but um, yeah, I still think there's so, definitely hope for them to make. So how a about run. this? I mean, the man goes, "Hey, and allow us to change our, our yeah." Well, our picks by, then... by your guys' reaction, I've decided. You know, let's screw you. <laughs> I'll show you how it's done. It's definitely, it's definitely happening. If you're changing your your decision now, you're never going to live with that. Yeah, exactly. So you're, I'm, you're I'm like just the captain of the Titanic. You're just like, no, the ship is unsinkable. <laughs> I'm staying on we'll board. See, we'll be fine. We'll see what happens when we have this conversation next week, Monday, boys. I, I tell you, though, I was saying to, to Sean earlier about, um, about FaZe, watching them, it looks like they're in absolute control. They have got this game. Uh, it's locked down and they lost the half. What? That's the thing, though, is like when they're on, it's like I think they are the best team in the world when they're on, 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 and properly on. But as soon as you you manage to break through that, then it, yeah, so, that's exactly. What okay, the second half there. starts. They've won the first round. They are in control. They've got. The, they lost. Yeah, it's just so like what well. the hell? It's, yeah, it's it's. Okay, so where weird. are you guys at? Just remind everybody uh, then. I chose mouse sports, and I'm sticking with mouse sports. Yeah. And uh, Dupree seemingly agrees with me because he also said mouse sports. He thinks that mouse sports is. Yeah, well, well uh, they looked good this morning or this this evening against Tyloo. Yeah, that they did. Say as much, but they no hiccups or anything at the start of the event. Well, Tyloo again are kind of that sort of furious style team in some ways. They can knock you over. Of course, they don't have Ben Ted, no. so they're not going to knock you over. But um... Mike, it was it was abysmal. Oh, it was it was a it was, a, it was, it was an massacre. absolute dicking from Mouse. <laughs> 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 it was a what? Sorry. <laughs> So, Mike, yourself? Uh, Astralis. I went with Astralis. They started out against uh, Cloud9, and it got pretty close on the second map. They wrecked them on, on uh, Overpass. I have no idea why Cloud9 would pick Overpass against the Danish team. That seems like... No, no. Uh, Astralis picked Overpass. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Astralis picked Train, but... No, no, Mike. Please don't fight me on this because you're going to look like a fool once I go and dig up the map. Cloud9 picked Overpass, Astralis oh, picked Train. No. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> I'm going to look like a fool, am I, Matt? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, Mike, I just I just thought overpass Australis. There's no way in the world that they go with the That's why I say against the Danish team. To me, it seems insanity. Like, why would you pick overpass? Especially when both Inferno and Vertigo were still in the map pool as well, which are maps that we've seen um cloud nine play really well on in recent times but then again both of those maps are maps that's, that that's always the question with Astralis, is like where do yeah. you go they have six map they have a six map map pool so you have no breathing room at all and unfortunately it's just like they had a, a bad selection shall we say because they had six maps and it didn't matter where they went but they overpass yeah. might have been fair, like this version of Astralis, like their overpass has always been good but it's never been like dominating or, or dominant and that's just the thing so like I can't fault Cloud9 for trying overpass, but like it did look like they were playing against uh, Astralis on Astralis's map pick. It was a very, very brutal overpass game. Uh, train, Cloud9, I think, actually looked a little bit better on. But... Yeah, they they look legit there. I mean, Floppy 
um, looked really good in a few rounds. I mean, he had me shouting. I was at work. Sorry, you shouldn't be watching Counter Strike at work, but it was uh, it, it was it was worth shouting about. But it was all about the clutches for them that kept them alive. Modem gets a clutch, OC gets a clutch, Floppy gets a clutch, and I, if not for that, I think they were out of the game. And unfortunately, yeah. when the double off came out, it was over. So I mean, Astralis tested a little bit on map two, but not tested enough for me to to go. Oh, geez, well Astralis, what they're not going to win this tournament. I still think they they've got the pedigree. They they the the best team at peaking at the right point in a long tournament, and this yeah. is a long tournament, so. I'd expect them to make it through to the playoffs, and it's going to be a tough run for them. We were talking about this last week. It's not not an easy run if if everything yeah. goes as it should, but you know they they're the team that's shown themselves capable of this, and I think they're still going to do it. Um, nothing today dissuaded me from that, especially that first map. I mean, I was like, okay, well, this is exactly what should be happening. And, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'd love yeah. Cloud Nine to do great because I mean. We we've all been casting Sonic and JT for years. I've even played against them, and it's just <laughs> I want them to do well. But it's just there's a very big diff- gulf between those two teams, unfortunately. You were just saying as well how um, Astralis tend to peak late in these competitions. They're really good at doing that. This is also IEM Katowice historically a competition they've performed really well at, also with their previous uh, organizations. So they they they're certainly comfortable here. They know what it takes to get the job done. Between them and Fnatic, I think they've won the competition six out of seven times. So Crazy. Um, it's yeah, quite a feat. To the stars in the flying saucer, the Spodek Arena. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look at some of the the, the fly cam shots and the ad breaks. Um, it does look like a flying saucer. And I predict Astralis will travel uh, to the very top in the Spodek. So top of the stratosphere. And top of the evening to you guys. That's our podcast, I think. Um, anything else you guys want to say? No, not really. Oh, okay. Well, usually Long can't shut you up, but hey. <laughs> uh, face can are going to live like another couple days on this, and then it's all <laughs> over with the mat. I'm sorry. You dug your heels in. You're yeah. going to lose. Yeah. Oh, well, I live and die by what I said, Mike. We'll see where we are next week, Monday. Yes, we shall indeed. Thanks, guys, for listening and watching Midround Call. You can catch us on YouTube or Spotify. Um, if you want to check what we're doing, we're going to release an episode every week. Maybe more. We'll see what we do. Uh, there's our Twitter handles underneath at Xtremes, at Prophecy Gaming, and at Hayes Castings. Definitely give us a follow so that we can uh, tell our mothers that somebody on the internet that isn't them loves us. Have a great evening, guys. Have a great day. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>